Welcome, possums, pastels, and anyone listening for fantasy football. We are short our intro man here, so once again, I my apologies for trying my best here. Uh, but we are in peak draft season. I am just so excited. We just had our home league draft. It was great. Billy will tell you some phenomenal stories of me. I want, I assume, as you'll see on the videos here, if you watch anything on our YouTube, my face has healed. I'm basically the Wolverine if we're talking about it. Uh, but no, we are in peak draft season. We're all ready for our big league drafts. There are, they're all coming up. You may have started, you may not have, you may have them coming up. Uh, we are excited to give you some information that might help you win your league today. Um, so I am joined by, you know, lifelong Panthers fan, Billy here. What, what, what are we talking about today, Bill? Well, I'm just going to let you know, we had a tough preseason loss this last weekend, but as you know, the Panthers just keep getting back up and they get kicked down onto the mat. My boy Baker Mayfield, whose jersey I'm sporting today, was officially announced as the starter. So we can put the the all of that to bed. The fact that people were like, might still be Sam Darnold. Hell no. It was always going to be Baker Mayfield. Let's not get it confused. I don't want anybody out here thinking that, you know, the Panthers are going to be stupid by putting in the worst quarterback on the team. So thank God Baker has a starting job again, and I can root for a non-problematic team it's a win-win. Who did we who did we lose in the preseason? Are we talking about my face or are we talking about uh, an actual player here? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Josh, let's let's talk about your face. How did your face go this? How, how did it handle this past weekend? Um, well, see what had happened was I was enjoying some uh, some great times with the guys, and I may or may not have taken a small header into some rocks. And these weren't just any rocks. These were those volcano rocks straight from Iceland. Uh, I assume they're probably not from there. But um, no, I, I, I had some wounds after this uh, this last weekend. But like I said, I've healed healed up pretty good, which is shocking. I am shocked time. to see your face look the way that it does now, because the way that I saw it this weekend, it was not in great shape. And it I'm, was, I'm glad to see. It was brutal. And everyone was really nice to me and kept saying, Jesus, what's wrong with your face? And it was just like, well, you know, see what it happened was. And then I told the story. So well, here's the thing. You cannot let the you the rocks know that they got to you. So I appreciate that you just kind of rolled with it the entire weekend. You didn't let it, it hold you down. I, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to not play golf? Am I supposed to not enjoy boat stuff? Am I supposed to not enjoy? And I did say boat stuff. I just want to go ahead and put that out there. Uh, am I supposed stuff. to not enjoy Lake Draft Weekend? Because that's just not in my uh, repertoire there. All right. Well, honestly, Josh, speaking of rock, so you, after taking this header into the rocks, you decided to go to a rock concert with My Chemical Romance. How was that in Nashville? Ironically, I'm still recovering from that more so than the weekend, although the, I think the combination of the two is great. Um, so we flew down to Nashville Monday morning, worked remotely, did a little uh, exploring of Nashville, had a good time. Uh, and then Tuesday went to the same thing, worked from worked remotely and then went right to this concert and then flew back this morning. I will tell you that I am exhausted. and I've taken three naps today. Uh, we'll see how many more I, I can squeeze in this last little few hours of the day. But uh, no, My Chemical Romance put on a great show uh, for a 45-year-old guy. Gerard Way killed it last night, um, especially sporting his cheerleader outfit, which was just phenomenal. I, <laughs> I, I giggled. At first, I didn't see it because we, we weren't like perfectly close by any means. But I was like, oh, he's wearing like kind of like a like a, a, a coat that they would wear back in the medieval times or something. I was like, oh, no, that's just a cheerleading outfit. That's straight up. Uh, but no, put on a great show. He did, you know, of course he missed a couple notes here and there, but I mean, if you've seen any like of our bands growing up and then seeing them as 40 year olds, it's, it's hard to hit those high notes like they used to, but 
man still hit the notes. Uh, it was a great concert. We thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. We're obviously paying for it today, me and the wife, but um, here we are and kicking like always. I'm I'm happy to hear that. So basically, that's a pretty huge endorsement out there. If you're in a city that's around the MCR reunion tour, go ahead and get on that ticket. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, and this was just the third uh, third show of the tour. I think they got oh, like wow. 17 so, more. So you even got probably a better show than by like the 15th stop where it's probably not going to be as good. Probably, but they're going to a lot of cities. So if you uh, have the chance, go get go see some MCR. Even if you just, or if you're like me and you just know the the hits and your wife's just a huge uh, emo band fan, um, man, the hits slapped, I will say. And even the songs that didn't, the, the openers were great too. Uh, turn turn styles and um dilly dally uh phenomenal openers i apologies for for delaying there like i said it's been a long week so yeah i guess so all right well let's touch on some news we're gonna play it's not really a game but i just want to throw some news topics at you and you were just gonna we're either gonna agree that it's a big deal or not a big deal so all right sounds good here's the game so brady had been away from bucks for a week and just returned this week. Big deal, not big deal. Uh, I will say I was concerned a little bit because they just said it was an undisclosed reason. I don't know if they ever actually listed why it was or personal reason or whatever. I think he's probably just tending to his family. I, I don't think it's a big reason because it's not an injury and it's Tom Brady. If anyone can afford to miss preseason, it's Tom Brady. He, he actually was there for like OTAs and stuff. So he has been on the field with these guys at least a little bit. It would be nice to kind of build some rapport with these guys, but he's really not playing in any preseason game anyway. He's earned the right to skip that even if he wanted to play. I I, I agree 100%. Um, Brady being not being there does not mean that big of a deal. The man's played for 20-plus years, so, I mean, what's a preseason game, you know, or practice going to really hurt or help him in any way, shape, or form? Not like he was going to play in the preseason game anyway. Um, but the next news story might actually be a bigger deal, and that is the Tampa Bay line is dropping like flies, Josh. So they've lost three players so far. Well, only one of them is going to be able to come back. The other two gone for the season. Uh, does this concern you at all with 45-year-old Tom Brady? Yeah, I actually have not followed enough because just of all the busy weekends ahead of us or in the past of us, I should say. Uh, but yeah, that's that's problematic. Um, that that team is very run centric, too. I know that it doesn't seem like it because Tom Brady's on the team and he puts up like 5000 passing yards each season, but they need a run game to thrive. Obviously, Tom will be fine, but you don't want to see a 45 year old man go down, you know, injury wise, especially Tom, especially at this point of his career after winning a Super Bowl two years ago and then damn near doing it last year. Um, you got you got to hope that that he can stay healthy. I mean, we saw it with last year with Joe Burrow. He was fine with a kind of makeshift line and it is Tom Brady. He knows when to get rid of the ball, but you never know when that blind side hits coming. And that is a little worrisome. Yeah, I, I agree. I am concerned because I, it's more for the run game. I know Tom is like an elite, get it out as fast as you can kind of receiver, or, you know, or passer. So it's not like I'm necessarily worried about him because I think he will be able to adjust, but it's a difference between having his kind of experience with playing behind whatever lines and the rest of the team who are not going to be on the same level as him. And he lost his, you know, best friend who was one of the best blocking tight ends of all time uh, to retirement. So it, it is a smidge concerning that uh, defenses may be teeing off. 
can I just say I'm still not convinced Tom or uh, Gronkowski's not coming back? It's the Tom Brady situation where I'm retiring, and I was like, "Shut up, don't believe it." I think you still owe me a fireball bet because of that one. Although yeah, you said you got to wait until he plays the game, taken, he has not taken a snap for the Buccaneers. And but believe me, last week when he seriously disappeared for the team, I thought I was back. So I mean, you know, it. it not, not until he takes a snap. We'll Dude, see. That, that would have been an Andrew Luck situation if he just <laughs> didn't come back. And he's like, yeah, that, you know what? I'm, be, I'm, I'm actually retiring best. again. That would be one but... of the best troll moves of all time. Okay. Know. Well, these next ones should be pretty quick, but we'll see what happens. Matt Corral for the Panthers. Rookie placed on the IR with an Achilles injury. I believe he will not be playing this season. Actually, I don't think he's actually hurt. I'm not really positive if it's an injury that could keep him out the whole season or they're just going to redshirt him a year, basically because there's too many quarterbacks on the roster uh, deal or no deal. I don't think it's a deal for this year. I, it's kind of a deal for his development more so than anything. I know you're a Panthers faithful, so you might be able to speak to this a little bit better than I, but um, no, I, I think it's a big deal because his development here, obviously he'll still be on the sidelines. Obviously he'll still be chatting with these guys, but to not have the pads on and to not be in that situation where he could play at any given moment. Um, and I know that, being thrust into action isn't great, but that's how you learn from your mistakes. Um, say, you know, Baker broke a toe or something or a toenail mm-hmm. or something and needed to be out for a couple plays. That's when you learn, you go, Oh man, this is real. So I think really it's more about development than anything, but he was never going to see the field. Even you're paying Darnold and Baker way too much money to have him roll out there right now. Right. And both of them are out of their contract at the end of the season. I believe PJ Walker is too, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it might just be like one last ride. And honestly, I mean, I think me and you could both agree Matt Rule might not be there either uh, after this year. So maybe this is just like literally like redshirting in the in college. This is just a redshirt year in the NFL where they don't have to get him hurt and he can learn the playbook from afar. Well, not, me might not even need to know the playbook. Like, it could be completely different if they get a new coaching staff in there after this season. So, yeah, I, I can't remember what the injury was, but they basically said he's not going to play this year. Yeah, no, he's he's on the IR. He's out for the season. So. Unless they were coming back for the playoffs, which I'm, I'm hoping he. I, I don't know how that works for being the you know practice squad player that's on IR, but like hopefully he still gets to be on the sideline because that's what he's going to need to become a good quarterback of the future. I'm not sure, but I'm sure somebody at their home listening to this right now is just like, oh, go ahead and correct me. That's great, you dumbasses. I'm sure that I'm sure that's happening. I hope okay. someone does. I hope so too. Kenyon Drake released from the Raiders. Big deal, no deal. It's not a big deal for the Raiders overall. Really, it just gives Zamir White, White a role, uh, and I'm pretty excited about it because he looks like he could be pretty good. Um, I, I'm really excited about getting White, actually, in any league. I know he's not really drafted and redraft. I actually debated on picking him up, um, and I probably will in some league just as a flyer because they hate Jacobs right now for some mm-hmm. weird reason. So it, it's kind of shocking that they would get rid of Drake right now. It's not a huge deal for the team overall. I don't think that they wanted to pay Drake's contract anymore, more so than anything. I don't think it's a stab at Drake. I think Drake will land on his feet somewhere else. Um, there will be some running back help needed in some backfield somewhere. So not huge news, but definitely news. I agree with that. The Raiders, I think, are going to try to deploy a running back by committee this year anyway. I think it's going to be Jacobs doing the kind of like heavy lifting. Um, Zamir White's going to get in there for change of pace back. And then Amir Abdullah back from the dead is going to be the passing catch pass catching back. A lot of people are saying you might have a James white type role. Cause that's what Josh McDaniels did for the Patriots. We'll see. I, it, it's all that's, that's hard to just say Amir Abdul is going to be James white all of a sudden, but I spec added him in a couple leagues. Just 
I saw that. Just and the suitcase, just I like it. I always liked Amir Abdullah. I feel like he kind of got a bum rap in Detroit, as most running backs do. Um, they basically just keep drafting new ones and better ones each time. And Amir yeah. Abdullah never really got the recognition that he deserved. So I, I personally like the idea of it, but I'm not like super excited about redraft. But in Dynasty, sure, go pick him up, man. It's true. Um, quickly, I think if Kenyon Drake ends up on like the Chiefs or potentially the Chargers, because I don't believe in Josh Kelly. And if Josh, like I said, I put it on Twitter. If Josh Kelly is your number two running back, you don't have a number two running back. So Kenyon Drake would be perfect for them. Um, also, I think Kansas City, if they do release Ronald Jones, which it does look that way. I know they are in love with Isaiah Pacheco. I'm not. I, I cannot see what everybody else is seeing from him other than the opportunity, and he's not CEH. That's the only thing that's different from him and anybody else on that roster. Kenny Drake could have an immediate impact right now with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, two things. I think the the obsession with Pacheco is that he has Tyreek Hill's number, and he kind of looks like him, just because <laughs> like size-wise. And people are like, oh, it's, it's the new Tyreek Hill. He's replacing him. And bold strategy for Pacheco to get it. But, I mean, as a you know late-round draft pick, sure, why not? Um, but as, as for Drake, I think personally he's going to land on his feet. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't even want to specify because it might be one of those things that once an injury happens, Drake will be on the short list for every team, basically. Right. So I think he could, he probably will get picked up before then, just a team that we're not expecting. And it just muddies up the backfield a little bit. Like, yeah, add him to the Buffalo Bills question mark of running backs stable. Like, there's, there's a few teams he needs to stay away from, like Denver, stay away, just stop. No, don't yeah. go there. But like Arizona, I'm, I'm I might be interested. Might be interested in Arizona. It'd be interesting. Okay, two more. So Romeo Dubs and Aaron Rodgers have been having lunch. They're called Lunch Buddies. Is this Breakfast Club 2.0? Lunch Buddies sounds significantly less cooler than Breakfast Club. <laughs> so uh, I do I do think Dubs. He's everything is pointing to Rodgers having dubs be the new guy um i think i haven't really heard anything about christian watson like at all nope. and other than that i still heard, hurt other than that oh well, i mean i understand that but i haven't heard anything like oh we're like he's gonna still be great he's gonna be the guy um and then you got lazard and ugh, and see one one game sammy watkins i just i don't know and i Randall i mean cobb like and, <laughs> sad sad old times. man Randall cobb but right. no i I have to. I'd have to say that if anyone's going to be the, I, I still think it's going to be more of a committee this year by by wide receiver there. But I think if anyone's going to be the leading receiver, it's Dubs at this point. So I I agree, and I think Aaron Rodgers. I know he doesn't smoke weed, but this is a smoke screen that Aaron Rodgers has been putting out there by saying, "Oh, the veterans. Oh, the rookies suck. Oh, the rookies need a lot of work." Uh, okay. Okay, Aaron. I, I think that you may have found a wide receiver that reminds you of a couple of your past guys and you want to use them and you don't want us to know that. So no, Aaron Rodgers only does hallucinogens. It's exactly. No smoke. Okay. Last one. Got to get the IDP in there a little bit. So JC Jackson had ankle surgery. that's going to keep him out two to four weeks. Is that going to hurt him or is that going to be, is it like no big deal? He might miss week one if he's out four weeks, but what do you think? I have to say it's a bummer personally for the chargers because that team was going to just be stacked on defense to start. And obviously the offense is already great. So um, it's really going to hurt the the team more than it's going to hurt JC Jackson. I think he'll be fine. I think it was probably the smart move overall, but at the same time, it's going to hurt the team more than it's going to hurt JC Jackson. Cause I imagine he'll be back in full strength, at least what week two, three, like, that, I mean, if it's all the way bad, it's, if it's like the full extent, it'll be, um, 
the first game he misses, that's it. So. Okay, so yeah, perfect. That it'll be fine for him. I think he'll bounce back. He might have a shaky week here or there, um, but there's it's a long season. We got we got plenty of games for him. I think it's smarter to do it now than to wait till like week four and, and then tweak it and exactly. hurt it worse. Yeah, and then you need to be out longer. I think it's smart to do that there. Okay, that's all we got on the news. Let's get into the topic of today. So as draft season is is here. We know you all possums out there are tired of hearing of, is it Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor number one? We get it. You probably have been beaten over the head with who to take in the early rounds of drafts. So that's why this episode, we're going to talk about the late round gym. So this is any player that in current ADP of like Sleeper, Yahoo, any of those is going in the 10th round or later. So basically 100 or later because we're doing 10, you know, 10 team leagues basically um so we're going to find you some diamonds in the rough that you could take late in your drafts when everybody else is kind of you know still going for their second slice of pizza or grabbing their fifth beer whatever these are the players that you can grab during those rounds that might turn into something that could win you a league so josh you want to kick us off yeah uh i can't say that i follow this to a t but i will say my first one is at least so i'm in that i'm in that so uh number one in my opinion is Kadarius tony so Alone, along with like the entire Giants, basically, Tony had an injury marred season last year. Uh, he did still finish with 420 yards uh, in only, you know, four games of actually starting. So um, everyone was so hyped about Tony going to last year in redraft and in dynasty. And I, I'm in a, enough leagues of both to like have that like excitement on both sides. And for some reason, everybody just kind of forgot about him this year, um, and, including me until we did our home league draft. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that the Giants are basically just a big old giant dumpster fire and that they're probably going to lose NFC East if, if we're being honest. Maybe Washington gives them a run for their money. Uh, but And yeah, there's a lot of receivers on the team, but like, tell me one that's more promising than Tony. And do not say Wandale Robinson. I understand <laughs> you're, we're all excited about the little guy. He looks great. We're all I, He'll probably have a good year. Uh, but personally, Tony was super versatile at Florida, and I think he's going to continue to be at the Giants here. Uh, even with Daniel Jones at the helm still. So he's currently being drafted as wide receiver 44 in the 10th round of fantasy drafts. And I'm not saying the dude's going to go for a thousand yards and 10 TDs. He definitely could, but even if he didn't, you're still getting 700, 800 yards out of him, And you could definitely have a worse option in the 10th round. So whether you went running back heavy or you just want that solid depth piece for your team uh, with some high upside, go get you some Tony, man. I'm, I'm excited. I agree with you completely here because here's the thing. We saw Wandale Robinson played in this first, in this last preseason game. And honestly, it looked like uh, Rondale Moore 2.0 where like we could not figure out quite how to use, they could not figure out quite how to use him out there, which was mildly frustrating. So that would not be your promising. And Sterling Shepard just got activated off the pup. So Rondale Robinson may not even have a job just yet, but Kadarius Tony, on the other hand, we know what he's fully capable at, you know, when he's at full strength. So I think that, you know, Brian Dable is trying to figure out what to do with that offense. And I think that if he was smart, Kadarius Tony would be the person that he builds around because he is the best receiver on that team. I don't care that Kenny Galladay's there. He's washed. All right. I, I don't, I don't want to hate on my guy, Ken, Kenny Galladay, but <laughs> I, I do agree that I don't know what happened from the switch from Detroit to that. You went from one bad situation to the, the next and somehow got worse. Uh, but 
my my guy Tony, like it, it he I understand he had like one big game last year, but he also had like five injuries. Like I look, I actually did some research on this while looking up this, and he had like four leg injuries and a shoulder injury last year, and he was nursing all of that. And that one healthy game, he hit that 189 with like two touchdowns or whatever. So uh super excited about him. And I, I just I feel like you're just getting him at dirt cheap. And even if he doesn't pan out, your 10th round pick. It's not not important, but it's one of the uh, you, I missed up my 10th round pick. I'll get over it. But if right. you mess up your second or third, you're kind of a little bummy for the rest of the year. So exactly. Just remember, folks, Jason Garrett was calling plays for the Giants last season. So <laughs> I forgot all about that. So let's uh, let's just say the water may be under the bridge for the Giants. We hope Steffi Small. Shout out to you, Giants fan. All right. My first player is Chase Claypool. Surprisingly going outside of the top 10 rounds. And I think that it's because of what happened last season. He did not live up to the hype that he had in the first season, which was understandable. Uh, Big Ben also was on like basically on death's bed out there throwing passes. It was hard to watch at times for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but here's what happened, Josh, in the off season, they acquired a receiver by the name of George Pickens. And guess what happens to Chase Claypool now? He gets to go into the slot, which is where he belongs. That is where Chase Claypool belongs on the field. And now that they have Deontay Johnson on one side, George Pickens on the other side, and then put Chase Claypool in the slot, it's a match made in heaven. Chase Claypool will not be as bad this year, bad, quote-unquote, bad this year as he was last year. And so it's just it's simple math. The only thing that you can try to knock me on here is that it's Mitch Trubisky. But I think Money Mitch loves his slot receivers as much as, you know, they Chase Claypool is going to be in the slot. So I, for that reason, Josh, I just think Chase Claypool, this is a big year to use for the bounce back. He's going to be used heavy a lot. You don't trust Mitch throwing the ball down the field anyway. I think Chase Claypool makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand, and this this isn't this isn't to disagree with your point, but I don't understand why George Pickens has already been crowned king of the rookie wide receivers by almost everyone. Uh, I've seen it by analysts and just fans alike. Everyone has just already crowned Pickens, and I'm not saying that he's not going to be good. And then basically just downplayed Claypool. And they're like, ah, Claypool's trash. Claypool put up 800 yards both years that he's playing. Mm-hmm. And I understand his first year was a, a touchdown heavy year. Trust me. I saw it as an Eagles fan. Um, but I just don't understand why we're writing off Claypool right away. Why we're giving Pickens just the keys to the kingdom. Like he's going to be the next Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase and go out for 1400 yards. There's still Deontay Johnson there. They still have Claypool there. Najee's still probably going to be pretty prevalent in the passing game. They have Freermuth there. And then once again, like you said, we still, it's still Trubisky and Pickett. or Sorry. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know why I keep thinking Pickett and Pickens on the same team is just frustrating. That's why I felt wrong. I keep mixing up Pickett and Ritter. And I I was about to say, oh, okay. I was about to say your your names thing might be back this season with Pickett and Pickett on Pickens on the same team. Pickett and Pickett. And that's why I felt like it was wrong. But I just, I don't understand why we're (laughs) we're crowning Pickens king right now. There's at least three rookie wide receivers where I'm putting way above him right now. Uh, But anyway, just in general, I love the Claypool pick 109 or 100, wherever they're at. Uh, is the perfect place. Him and Tony are both just completely slept on. I like how our brains went the same way here. So mm-hmm. same thing. All right, back to you. All right. So I, I this is where I deviate just a little bit. Um, so I my my second one was Kareem Hunt. So I know he's not quite in the top 100, 
but he is one of the best sleeper running backs you can get right now. Obviously, running back dries up a little faster than wide receiver. So, and and, and I get the narrative with Cream Hunt. You, you know, bad team. Watson suspended. Has another running back in front of him. But I just don't get what Kareem Hunt has done to be disrespected and drafted as RB31 in like the eighth round. So it makes no sense for for me. Uh, personally, I just, in his three full healthy season, he's gone for more than a thousand yards and had double digit touchdowns. Obviously 2021 and 2019 were both kind of injury marred. He had uh, played about half the games, uh, but in 2020 he did, he did exactly this with Nick Chubb still getting 200 carries. And now he's on a team that's going to be without Watson for what twelve games total? Because mm-hmm. I assume bye week, obviously somewhere. Uh, we have we have Cooper, yeah, and then some young receivers, uh, some unproven as a as a, a past Browns fan, you understand this, and then some some young exciting guys. But at the same time, Kareem Hunt, how is he not going to get peppered with targets? I mean, he is a pass catching back. He is that guy on the team. Nick, they they decided Nick Chubb can't catch a ball a long time ago, so they're not throwing to him. Uh, <laughs> you got you got a quarterback out there and Jacoby Brissett and whoever the heck else, Josh Rosen, that's out there, who is gonna be looking for the dump off pretty much every time. So yes, yeah. he he did request a trade, which will probably be honored at some point throughout the season, whether it's a loss season or someone just gives them the right price tag or they make a move at quarterback. Um, but that's basically making him an RB one on any team that he gets traded to, unless I assume he's not getting traded to a team that doesn't need him. So his value in draft, like basically right around that you're getting unproven rookies at that point, which I'm also down. I'm down for the dart throw on those uh, for sure. I love me some rookies. You never know what's going to happen, but personally, I think he makes a great addition to any team and I'm comfortable as getting him up to your RB two in the eighth round. If you went wide receiver heavy or. Yeah, no, he, he, it makes a lot of sense. He should be going higher. I think that his price probably is dipped a lot because we weren't sure of the Watson situation, but now that we know that he is for sure going to come back this season, um, you're going to get Watson right at playoff time for fantasy and have a chance to, you know, and I assume learning, you know, learning the offense will probably be easier if he can have Kareem Hunt to kick it out to, um, I'm sure that he will enjoy having that quite a bit. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to be running with Nick Chubb when Deshaun Watson gets there. I still, you know, you I've been beating this drum the whole offseason. I don't understand how Deshaun Watson is going to be in a, in a run-heavy scheme. It doesn't make any sense to me. So that can only mean good things for Kareem Hunt as they have him out there on passing downs uh, for the most part. So, yeah, I, I think that he's a steal there, and he's going to finish a lot higher than what he's getting drafted right now. I just, I just think system aside and new quarterback aside, it's still a talented running back. Kareem Hunt knows how to play the game, and whether he's on the Browns or he's on a different team, he's going to play the game. So super excited about getting him. I actually was going to grab him, and our other Billy drafted him in our league. So That rascal. The rascal. Okay, well, I'll get on to my last one for the, the top half of this, and that would be Mr. Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. Hey, Josh, do you remember Jacoby Myers and his inability to catch touchdowns and how fun that was last season? I mean, let's not get carried away with his two touchdowns, but, you know. Well, I know, but, like, it was a big story of everybody trying to figure out when is he going to catch his first touchdown? When is that going to happen? It was just wild. Apparently, everybody else has forgotten everything about Jacoby Myers, too. So he had 126 targets last season. And that led the team by a lot. I mean, I've been trying to get Kendrick Bourne to happen this entire offseason, which apparently still is not getting there. 
but also it's because Mac Jones is Mac Jones. Sorry, Patriots fans. I don't want to, you know, Mac Jones is catching a stray here, but that's what it is. Uh, Jacoby Myers is still the wide receiver one on this team. I mean, I know Devontae Parker's there. I know that Kendrick Bourne's there. They were happy about Tyquan Thornton, but he's hurt and probably won't be there for a while. So that kind of leads us right back to Jacoby Myers, and he's not even going in the top, like, 11 to 12 rounds. It's kind of ridiculous based on his usage just last season. I know that it was funny that he wasn't getting touchdowns. It was funny. It cannot happen again. Like, with the amount of balls that's being thrown his way this season, if it's if it's even close to what it was last season, there, A, is no way that he remains out of the end zone, and B, there's no way that he doesn't at least, like, blow past what he did last season as far as his stats. So I think Jacoby Myers is one of those guys you stashed at the end of your draft and you feel happy that you might have a flex play for the entire season. I mean, he's basically the number one by default because the talent level is just not there. Devontae Parker obviously was a talented receiver and probably still has some left in the tank, but he's not the lead guy anymore. And Jacoby Myers, like you add four or five touchdowns to that, he bumps up like to top 20 wide receiver so right completely agree exactly and i mean like even you know ppr top 30 wide receiver that's very useful to have on your team especially where you're getting him like you're gonna you're gonna take players in the seventh eighth round that may not even get to the top 30 of ppr wide receivers so this is this is you know this is a a low risk potentially high reward play One thing I'm seeing here just by our our talk so far is basically what happens is rookies get kicked out the door the second they're not rookies again. And basically two second and third year guys are like, well, he hasn't had a thousand yards ever. So he's he's not good. And it's like, you see him progressively get better and better. Yes. This was a weird situation with the zero touchdowns his first two and a half years really. Uh, But the guy, the guy's got talent and there's not much to go around out there with uh, talented wide receivers on the team. So, I got to say, love it. I legitimately think that people think that the Patriots got upgraded wide receivers, and that's why people have just all of, like forgotten about him. Because it's not like Devontae Parker's going higher than him, because he's not. Kendrick Bourne's not going higher than him. That's not happening. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure in our draft that we just did, Josh, I'm pretty sure both Devontae Parker and uh, Kendrick Bourne both weren't taken. They're on the waiver wire, I'm pretty positive. And I don't think Jacoby Myers was taken until late either. So we literally just watched it happen. And that's an offense that somebody's got to catch the ball. You all, you and Joe love to throw that around. Somebody's got to catch the ball for the Patriots. It's not going to be the tight ends because we didn't see that last year unless Mac decides that's what he wants to do. But I, he clearly likes having a good wide receiver to pepper with targets. It's going to be him until we know otherwise. Listen, what happened was Belichick tried to recreate the Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, uh, situation with the two tight ends which was just dumb there was receivers on the board last year and then they really didn't make any Devonte parker was a pretty late signing if i remember correctly it was like a, oh yeah i guess we should add one uh apparently they're pretty much done with Aguilar at this point so i i don't see anyone taking the reins like at all so i don't i don't know i don't know why we wouldn't yeah so. i forgot now no Aguilar has had a couple of pop plays but still like it's just tough for me to believe that oh no they've already said he's a cut candidate so right. Oh, okay, sweet. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I, I get all, all right. the news on Eagles, but nice. I like <laughs> you just I like how you just keep like a web of players around. They're all Eagles, and you just have them, you know, your hands in all of these different teams. 
I need to be able to insert Eagles references at any given moment. That's the that's thing. great. So you have to keep up on who's where. That's great. All right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, really fast. We're going to come back on the other side of this and play some deep sleepers that you potentially could be on your waiver wires as soon as you complete your draft. But you don't have to use a waiver wire on them. You can go ahead and use it whenever you'd like. Right back. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies, or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017 suggested trade values and a whole lot more including unique write-ups unique videos that will only be available within the ultimate idp index but to me probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly so you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your dynasty league at any given moment so what are you waiting for sign up for the idp army patreon today patreon.com forward slash the idp army join the black ops tier and join the idp army today welcome back welcome back getting that idp index hit up jordan get in the patreon it's it's five bucks just to get in there get your idp information there's also plenty of like best ball plays and rankings in there for underdog drafts there's uh dynasty information in there there's idp like i you know idp is getting updated daily so you will be able to get all that information as it gets dropped in there news notes everything that's happening and it's a live breathing document so you will be able to reference it at any point in the season and you will be able to get one step ahead of everybody that you're playing in a league with. And like we've mentioned throughout the offseason, there is not the best IDP rankings out there. These are the only IDP rankings I look at because otherwise I'm sitting here lost. Like, okay, wait, we got linebackers and edge rushers, and I, I'm so confused. Who's who? Like, do they do they count as defensive line? Do they count as linebackers? Well, we got that pretty much broken down in there as well. So Get in there, get yourself some index. And while you're at it, stop by our YouTube channel. If you're not already following, go to the IDP Army. Uh, we post some clips there uh, pretty regularly and uh, hit that pretty hard in the offseason. We got uh, each team preview for the season. Might be a little out of date now, but uh, still get you some good content. See who we were thinking in the offseason. So, yeah, it's, it's we hit the the top players pretty hard, the, the non-cut candidate players. Well, and also um, there hasn't been any super major injuries, so we should be good. I'm just worried that once they're like, well, you said that so-and-so was going to be a top 10 running back. And it's like, well, yeah, I like, didn't think he'd get injured. But <laughs> well, luckily, luckily, we have one more week to dodge that bullet. I know that's jinxing it, but I'm knocking on a table so that I can. Uh, and nice. your dog heard you. That was a bad idea. I don't know why I just knocked on the table. Now I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's somebody at the door. <laughs> And now my wife's giving me that stare. All right, let's get on to the second half of this podcast. All so, right. Yeah, we're going to talk deep sleepers, deep, well, deep-ish sleepers, deep sleepers that could be on your waiver wire that you could pick up at the end of your drafts that may help you win the league by the time it's all said and done. I was going to say, once again, I did not follow the assignment well. Of but I also, I also, I also chose some position players that are at the back end. Like I'm talking the last one off the board. So uh, we're going to get into my first guy here. 
And that's Robert Tanyan. We kind of talked about some, some Green Bay Packers here. Um, I was actually, this happened during the draft. I didn't want to say anything because uh, we're in some other leagues together, I'm sure. And uh, Tanyan is going as tight end 19 off the board and well into the 13th, 15th round. Uh, this is the only reason he's at the end, but like he, there's only so many tight ends. So he's going to be not quite on your waiver wire. But uh, my thing is, if you don't end up with the top, one of the top five tight ends, you better be getting yourself Tanyan, whether that's the, 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 your first tight end. I hope not, but hopefully stash him as your backup. Um, I, I personally just don't know what you're doing if you're with your life, if you're not looking at this, because it drops off a cliff after the top five, but then it drops off thoroughly majorly at 11 after free remove. So um, I know we're two years removed from Tanyan's 11 touchdown season, but like I said, if you're looking at the roster, man, I don't know who's going to be catching all these touchdowns other than running backs. In my opinion, it's Tanyan. Sure, Sammy Watkins will have that one game with three touchdowns for that you won't play. He'll be on your bench. Uh, but if you're <laughs> banking on Lazard, Cobb, or Watson to be the red zone target, or maybe Dubs, uh, I just I just got to think again here because Tanyan has already proved that he can be that consistent weapon for Rodgers. I think it's going to be, okay, Watson dropped a ball. Okay, Lazard dropped a ball. Okay, Cobb's old and has his walker out on the sideline. Um I just, I think this is going to be the guy here. He, he already proved that he caught 52 of 59 in 2020. This was his 11 touchdown season. But if Tony can just stay healthy, he's easily, he could easily be in the top five tight ends this year with that. If he does the 52 catches for what, eight, 500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. I, I mean, add some more yards and subtract a couple touchdowns because 11 is a pretty high cliff to get to. But if he stays healthy, I think he has a wide open for this competition of targets. And I think that the red zone, is going to be one of Rogers good friends. So if you got any sense, go get you some Tanya. Yeah, no, that, that <clears throat> makes total sense to me because uh, Robert Tanya was good two years ago and last year, you know, he, he did not quite get the same workload that we all thought that he would get, but this year they got rid of the biggest target machine on the team. So Honestly, it's kind of just like having a lottery ticket because you might end up with, you know, the best pass catcher on the team. You know, like would it shock you if Robert Tunyon was the like touchdown leader on the team, maybe even like a targets two or three player? Uh, not really, honestly, because the the Jones Dylan split's going to be pretty even. They already said that it's going to be RB1 and RB1A and RB1B. So um I, I think you're pretty much looking at those two guys splitting one of the lead back, one of the lead pass catching spots. And then I'm sorry. I just don't feel comfortable with anyone else other than Dubes who uh, Dobbs, whatever his name is um, pretty excited about him, but that's mainly just because of hype. Like we don't actually know what he's going to do. It's true. And there is always, I mean, other than Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson, there's always a little bit of a, uh, a rookie, you know, spot to get through a rookie uh haze to get through so he'll he'll get there he'll figure it out and i i don't have a problem with dubs but i think for this year especially tunyon would be a better answer but all right dubs is pretty small though isn't he sorry i don't mean to cut you off no i, th- I six think two. he's six two no that's my bad he's he's tallish um all right well i'm gonna move on to the washington commanders and mr jahan dotson so people just seem to forget that jahan dotson Got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, Josh. I don't know how much, how many times we can say it. He got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. He's not going to be not used. Like I realized, like a couple episodes ago, I may have like mentioned a little concern because 
They were like using him on kickoffs, suggesting that he may be special teams. But even then, I said that that was insane. That would be the craziest way to use a first round wide receiver that I've ever seen. Um, so I don't think they could keep him off the field. Jahan Dotson has two of the best hands in this draft. Like he's a target magnet. He's he's going to be a like a PPR league. He's going to be a king of your PPR league. Now, sure, he's going to have several games where he catches seven passes for 60 yards, but that's 13 points in the PPR league, so you shouldn't really have that big of a deal with it. So McLaurin's still going to get his. The running backs, I don't want any part of, and I, it's only getting worse by the day, it feels like, and I, I we're not even going to get into that. The running backs are a bad situation. You got Curtis Samuel, who is still a big question mark, right? He's been there for, well, this will be his third year, I'm pretty sure, in Washington. We have never seen him play, really. So... I'm going to have to go with Jahan Dotson as probably the number two potential pass catcher on that team. Maybe Logan Thomas, but even he's been hurt and he could be jumped uh, by the time the season's end. So I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson being the safety blanket on this team. And I don't see why people are not drafting him high, Josh. I just don't get it. I, I actually completely agree with this. I, like you said many times that he was drafted in the first round and he was drafted in the first round for a reason. It's because they didn't really like what they saw from Diami Brown. They also did deal with some health injuries or health concerns with a lot of their positions last year. Uh, Curtis Samuel can't seem to stay on the field. And like you said, Logan Thomas is going to, he just got off the pup list and he might start week one, probably should, but he won't be like the 100 at 100%. So who do you think this honestly Dotson to me has Justin Jefferson written all over him, not the stat leap, not the stat leap. Like okay. not, he's not going to have 1600 yards or anything crazy, but I think that he is that rookie that was sitting on waiver wires week one. And that people were like, Oh yeah, well, he's on the commanders. They're not a good team. And uh, you know, who's Dotson anyway. And I, I just have a feeling he's going to be that leap. And then he's going to be everyone's waiver wire target week one. I, that is why at the end of these drafts, you need to be stashing players like him, uh, Jamison Williams. Uh, I think there's a couple more like that. You just don't, don't forget about the rookies. Like the ones, especially that were taken in the first round, they were drafted that for that spot for a reason. It was not to sit on a bench or to learn like a second or third round rookie could, they were drafted to play. So, they need to be on the field and they're going to get forced onto the field because the coach and GM want to be right about that draft pick. So for that reasoning, just don't forget about them. I actually, uh, actually think Jameson Williams is the week four waiver wire target at the moment. Cause I assume he'll be back. Whenever, week yeah. Whenever three. he gets not hurt. Well, I just think that like he'll get back and people will be like, eh, yeah, it's the lions. Uh, blah, blah. Yeah. He might be good. There'll probably be there, you know, like that 20, 30% mark mm -hmm. of like a roster percentage. And then he's going to jump up to that 60, 70, right. Right. As that his week one, basically. So uh, anyway, getting into my last guy. Um, so we got, once again, did not follow the rules, but I don't really seem to do those well, but once again, position players, there's only so many of them. Uh, I got Damian Pierce. So, I, I think the hype's catching up with him a little bit at this point, but uh, honestly, maybe we'll recency bias will help because, Oh, we only saw him in one game and yeah, you know, he only had like five carries, but you know, he did have like 48 yards on five carries. So um, I think they pretty much plan on him being the starting running back at this yeah. point. And it would just be a disservice not to mention him, his name while discussing sleepers at this point. So meanwhile, you got Brees Hall who played and Michael Carter sat in week two of the preseason and maybe this is a smokescreen for the Jets, but uh, 
it looks like right now Michael Carter is the RB1 and Brees Hall is the backup, which I think it's more about testing. But that four carries for one yard for Brees is looking a little rough. When uh, yeah, 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 you got you got Pierce out out snapping him carries and five carries and gets 40 something yards. So, uh, so Pierce being held out of that game, it it just means that he likely already has the job. There's rumors swirling, but there's no like actual word on this yet. Uh, Marlon Mack and Burkhead are going to have a role, but Pierce is the starting running back here. And I, I, Houston pretty much made that clear week, uh, week two of the preseason, which is kind of shocking to me. Honestly, I wasn't expecting that. Like I assumed that at least like they gave him five carries and I think he had like one target or something. So like, he ran like six routes and they just were like, nope, that was all we needed. We don't need anything else. Um, so currently right now, I think he's rostered about 50% of redraft rosters. Um, and he's currently going as 38th running back off the board in the 10th round. Um, I think he has a chance to be the rookie of the year here. I know it's, I know he will, he will for sure. And, and I, sorry, I, I'm just no, saying fine. you're right. And like, we're, it needs to be said now, especially as, people that are casual players are getting into their drafts. Like we're not like just overhyping a rookie because you've been, you know, we're heavy on dynasty or anything. Like he's legitimately going to be on the field as probably a three down back right off the, right off the jump. I mean, they'll, we'll have somebody come in and spell him out every now and then, but they're going to see what they got here in Damian Pierce. And honestly, he's going to be like, they're not using him in the last preseason game. They've already said he's going to sit, which pretty much tells you he's going to, he's got the job because they don't want him to get hurt. Uh, this this is your rookie of the not only the rookie of the year candidate this could potentially win everyone a league because if if your home drafts are not really paying attention and the ADP has not caught up on every computer as far as like where he's actually going in some leagues like because I'm sure now like by the time next week ends the ADP will be like up probably in the 50s maybe by the time it's all said and done but like right now you could still get him at dirt cheap so if you have a draft tomorrow just think about him when you're, when you're out there um i know that like intense fancy football players are going to be like well we've been talking about him for months i i realize that but the people that have just just now starting to pay attention damian pierce is a guy that you're going to need on your team this year because he is the rookie that you want might be Brees hall still but i still think damian pierce has a really good chance to be that guy yeah i, I don't care who you are you're in a league with a guy who doesn't know who damian pierce is and has never looked at any of his highlight tape and whether you're in a, a serious league or a non-serious league and it's just some friends from work <clears throat> someone out there does not know who damian pierce is and they've never heard his name and they, they see texans and they go yeah that team's not very good but shockingly this team did put up 1400 yards rushing last year 1200 of which two running backs split between five different guys so Pierce can easily end up with the majority of this work. I assume what I, what I assume is happening here is Max going to be his backup. So like any like three down roll work, mm-hmm. if Pierce is tired or they just need to shift him out. And then Burkhead will have that pass catching kind of duty more like third and 14. They're like, all right, Burkhead get in the game. So I get it. It's the Texans, but Davis mills actually showed a lot last year. And that mm-hmm. people once again are underestimating this team. Brandon cooks is another guy who like just gets completely dogged on every year yet puts up a thousand yards every season. So just keep an eye out. I understand that this one's probably going to be gone in like three days, but I just wanted to say it for that one guy that's listening. That's like, I don't follow the rookies. I don't follow college football. I don't know who this guy is. And is he going to be worth it? He's worth it. Pick him. He is. He is. And the thing that he's got going for him is he's an amazing pass blocker, which it's a co- like a coach's wet dream is to know that a running back can be a great pass blocker in the NFL. And Damian Pierce is that like, that's exactly what he is good at. 
So that's going to keep him on the field because coaches love that in a running back. So my last guy is kind of, this is going to be like kind of an overarching uh, uh, theme here. And my last person is Malik Willis. And I know what you're thinking out there. Malik Willis is not a starter in the NFL currently. I agree with you. But here's the thing I also want to mention. Lamar Jackson was not the starter at the beginning of the Raven season either, you know, five years ago when Joe Flacco was there. This screams the exact same situation. I'm not, I, I don't even know how else to say it. He is lighting up the preseason. He looks like he should probably be getting a chance to start, but he's a little raw. Reminds me dead on of Lamar Jackson. Like It's the same story, and it feels like it's playing all over one more time. And the Ravens, when that happened, were not a bad football team. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. And so John Harbaugh decided to roll the dice and put Lamar Jackson out there and, you know, rest is history. This is following a similar formula. So now they got Ryan Tannehill out there. The Tennessee Titans this season are not going to be bad, especially if you have Derrick Henry on your team. You're not going to be bad. But Ryan Tannehill does not really inspire a lot of people to, I'm going to go win you a game. He's got two new receivers. Um, Traylon Burks is still a mystery, to be honest with you. We still don't really know what we're fully getting from him. But this is just one of those speculation guys that you should at least have you on your watch list. I know ESPN uses the little star watch list thing where you can watch a player and, you know, keep them at the top of your waiver priorities. But if I was you and you maybe got a, like a run of the really good uh, QBs, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, something like that, just throw Malik Willis on the end of your bench. Just throw him on there. You know, you're not going to use any, you know, you're not going to get rid of any of those quarterbacks unless they get hurt. But Malik Willis has a chance to be a league winner for someone else. And you do not want that done to you. Or Malik Willis is going to come out and just light it up immediately. And he's could potentially outpace some of those guys at the top. I don't want to, you know, make it seem like he's going to outscore Mahomes, but I'm just saying like, given the situation that he's in, if he comes out and does a Lamar Jackson type of thing, you could be looking at a league winner at QB that not nobody's drafting. There is no one more like Lamar Jackson than Malik Willis. I mean, like you, you said it like Flacco, Tannehill, Malik Willis, Lamar Jackson sitting behind, like they're going to have design runs for him. They've actually, I was shocked how much they let him run in the preseason as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man looks good. I mean, I understand that his, his accuracy is not there, but his deep ball is. And honestly, like that could be the big difference maker. And can you just imagine him, faking a handoff to Derrick Henry where everyone's worried about Derrick Henry and then him just taking off around the outside for 30 yards. Cause that's, what's going to happen when he starts playing. And I personally have been voting from Lake Willis to not take the job over immediately. We don't want that. You want him to sit, you want him to learn from Tannehill, but this is not even Tannehill's job to lose. This is Tannehill's already lost the job. They draft him Lake Willis for the sole purpose of going for a mobile quarterback, which is kind of where the NFL is taking us right now. Um, I just want to say something, this is a bold take, and I know I'll get a lot of hate from it if anyone actually listens to this part. I like Malik Willis this year more than Trey Lance, and he's going to play half the games. <laughs> I just think average <laughs> points per game that Malik Willis starts will be more than Trey Lance's that he starts. <laughs> I I don't that understand is... why. I don't understand. I, I know I, I'm not getting into this again. We need to probably have a take where I actually <laughs> – that'll be next week. We'll talk about that. Uh, but I just – the hate on Malik Willis going in, like everyone was kind of excited about him. And then he kind of bumped up some rankings, but then all of a sudden 
nobody grabbed him. Like he was all of a sudden RB or QB one off the year. And then everybody just, what did he go? Second, third round, third round, yeah. Third round where he just, ah, he's, he doesn't have the accuracy, yada, yada, yada. We've heard that from, we heard that from Michael Vick. We heard that from Cunningham and I'm not trying to compare him to greats, but Lamar Jackson, uh, Donovan McNabb, any mobile quarterback, people, people go, uh, you know, he, his accuracy is a little rough, you know? Yeah. He can run the ball, but can he throw? And, I think he's kind of proved that. I mean, yeah, he's going seven for 17, but he's also getting a hundred yards on those seven catches. So, and this is the preseason. This is when you're supposed to work off the rest. This is when you're supposed to learn. And I think he will sit behind Tannehill for a few games, but I think if Tannehill makes a bonehead play or a long, uh, long stretch of just being mediocre and losing games, Malik Willis chance are going to come a lot faster than some of the other uh, QB chance. So, yeah, I agree completely. I think that um, I, I think as soon as they got drafted, Ryan Tannehill was just like, damn it, could have been anybody else. Like, literally, if it had been Sam Howell or Matt Corral, I don't think he would have been near as concerned as, you know, he would have been. So we're going to let's 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 just do a little uh, a Titans check real quick. So here's the Titans schedule. Let's try to spot when we think. Tannehill will have played himself out of the, the job. So they open the season at the Giants. I think that is probably going to be a win for them. Then they play the Bills. That's a loss. Raiders. No, time out, time out. Let's pause real quick. Week two is going to be a very defining moment. Tannehill might lose his cool. Tannehill might just look so bad. that It's on Monday night football, start. too. So Yeah, and this is... Is that a division game or am I tripping? No, no I am tripping. You're tripping. South AFC South, AFC East. Um, the Pick Raiders, the Raiders, they might lose. Colts, I, that I think the Colts game might be the, the time everybody's like, all right, when are we going to see Malik Willis? Like, and Malik, honestly, it'd be a great time to throw throw him in because for a Commanders, no offense to the Commanders, but the defense is pretty lackadaisical, especially losing Chase Young. Um, I, I I think that would be the time because. Let, let's let's just go ahead and say Bills lost, so one and one. Mm-hmm. Raiders lost just to like salt some wounds coming off the Bills game. And I mean, to be fair, they could easily beat the Raiders. That's one they and could. two. If they lose to the Colts, if they're one and three after four games, and that's they want, the, that's when the questions start, though. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the questions start then, but then they play the Commanders, and then they play the Colts once again. I think if they don't beat the Commanders, or even if they do beat the Commanders, and it's not convincing. I think we might be seeing him by then. Like, I just think that might be the time. I would say week four or week five. If if they go one and if they go one and three and they're going into the commanders, I think that's a better start to putting in Malik Willis than throwing yeah, him against the right Colts. I just I feel like you'd want to get him one game where they can lean on Derrick Henry a little bit more. Uh, but against the Colts, I mean, I know that their defensive line isn't great, but Darius Leonard and, or Shaq Leonard, my apologies, should be back by then. Um, I think, and, uh, I just, Okikiri and them, and them together can stop Derrick Henry. And if that's the only game plan, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if they lose that Colts game and the Raiders game, that's when Malik Willis conversation really starts. Right. Well, let's, and let's be honest. If they, if they do go like one and five and lose both those Colts games, the next game they play will be against the Texans. I don't see how we wouldn't see him by then. I really don't. Oh, yeah. And then the Texans would be a great layup for him to start off with as well. The defense is pretty soft, so. Right. Okay. Well, that is actually one more. I just want to get this one out there because we talked about it a little bit before the show, but we didn't. I don't think it's as big of a name, but I think it's somebody that people should know. And that's Greg Dolchich for the 
Denver Broncos. He's currently uh, the backup tight end there, but Albert O is not really inspiring a lot of people to think that he's going to be the starter. He's the only starter that's played during the preseason. All the other starters were out. I'm sure Bomber's going to be like, well, he played five, whatever. I'm sure Bomber's got Denver Broncos thoughts. Bomber, give us some stats later. Yes. I, I, if I, if I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not going to botch this completely, but I may botch little pieces of it, but Alberto has not been inspiring in the pre in the preseason. He has been the only one of the starters to play a snap quote unquote starter to play a snap, which makes me think that they are a little bit question marky about him as well. And that makes me think that Greg Dolchich could be a guy that comes in and takes the job. It is a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends hardly ever work out. Uh, Pitts and even Cole Komet last year slowly, slightly got uh, a nice little bump, but Rookie tight ends don't always work out, so I understand that piece of it, but I think that Greg Dolchich will have an opportunity at least out there on the field to maybe get in there. Yeah, and so um, I, do you remember when, just real quick, do you remember when PFF had him as like tight end <laughs> six on the yes. year? Yes, because How can I forget? there now. And it's seared in my brain. Russell like, Wilson isn't known to utilize tight ends super heavily. I mean, we saw Jimmy Graham die on that team. Killed Jimmy guys. Graham's career, man. It was I over. Mean, for real. <laughs> But I, my, my thing is, is I, I brought up Tanyan earlier, and this is that little bonus if you actually stayed with us here. Uh, I brought up Tanyan at, at tight end 19. 2021-23 uh, are a little rough. Like, you're, you got some rough people, and then it's it's dart throws. If you're in a 12-man league, you want to roster two, um, but you don't want to roster anyone and anyone. Like, I, I, I just feel like you're wanting someone who's actually going to play. I understand Dolchic, you know, way down the board there. Nobody's thinking about him, but at the very least put him on your, on your watch list, but you don't want to miss out on him. So like, in my opinion, like let's say you go get pits and you have pits as your tight end one. You're not really super worried about tight end two at that mm -hmm. point. Obviously it'd be nice, but getting Dolchich would be a solid move because everyone just crowned Albert. O the tight end one of that team. And they drafted a rookie right after that trade. So keep an eye on him, man. I just, I'm not saying draft him. I, I I think you should at least keep an eye on him, but I wouldn't be upset if you kept him on your team for week one just to see what he actually does in, in a full game. Right. So just want everybody out there, when you're coming to us for with questions in week you know, five or six, be like, man, who's the waiver wire stash? You all forgot. You all didn't tell me anything about Greg Dolchitz. We did. We just needed you, you know, you just needed to file it back in your brain somewhere, uh, back in the back there. Um Okay, well, that's all we got for this episode. Next week, we are going to talk fantasy hot takes for the 2022 season. And believe me, I've got something cooked up for the other guys on this podcast that they have no idea about, which will be just a blast. So I cannot wait to get to that episode because they're going to be surprised. But we're going to talk hot takes next week. And believe me, last year I said Tony Pollard was better than Zeke. So they might come true. Some of them might come true. Listen, man, you're talking about spicy takes. I had Nashville hot chicken yesterday, so I got some spicy takes coming. So, so you Let's know all about ready. the spicy takes. I know all about the spicy takes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, ladies, listeners, possums, passel, thanks for joining us. Uh, we got a great, we got some great shows coming up for you, and we're ready to get into the season as well. So uh, keep an eye out for some content. And if you have any questions, as always, reach out to us. We're always willing to talk about some stuff. So good night, gentlemen. All right. Peace out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.